Hello and welcome to the Spirit Talk podcast, where we'll talk all things spiritual. I'm your host and the creator of the podcast, Brandy Bolton. Join me at looking at spirituality from many different angles. There will be no stone left unturned. From science and spirit to topics that some may call woo-woo, I will also discuss my own experiences as a developing psychic and medium. This podcast is for all the seekers out there, and I sincerely hope you enjoy. Hello, Soul Tribe. It's May. I can hardly believe it. I was sitting here today thinking I was meeting with a guest. (laughs) Time is going so fast for me. I I don't know. I I can't believe it's May 12th. I was thinking I'm meeting with a guest today for the the podcast, but (laughs) I checked my calendar. Something told me. Probably my guide put that thought in my head. Hey, check your calendar. It's probably not today. So, um, alas, I am here to do a solo episode. The next episode will be with two lovely guests. Uh, It doesn't quite feel like May here in my neck of the woods. It's still pretty cold, unseasonably cold. And I guess I'm just, I'm a bit behind. I have been in kind of a small spiritual slump and just feeling the need for rest and taking time for me, which has been nice, actually. I definitely need to rest and and not push myself. And I feel like uh, a lot of us are feeling that. I even strained my back last weekend. And I feel like that was the universe saying, no, you really do need to rest. And it's a time of integration for me. So we all go through that from time to time. And, um, I wasn't really feeling in the place of uh, birthing my ideas into creation, into something real. But I'm getting out of it and it's feeling good. I feel like I've integrated a lot of lessons lately. And um, I feel like that is within the collective energy. Rest, reflect, journal, take it easy. I've done just that. And as I've been in this stage, I've received numerous downloads Usually my downloads, the downloads that I receive are of big ideas, big spiritual philosophy, very zoomed out, large perspective things. But this past couple weeks, it's been about me, what I can do to live more in alignment, what I can let go of and all that good stuff. So a lot of self-healing going on lately. And I didn't do a May Energies episode, but I do want to touch on that quickly because there are a lot of people feeling off or strange. And I've heard so many people describing the energies as them just not feeling themselves. And I totally understand that. Usually that is an indicator that we're being called to make some changes or go within, you know, or integrate ideas. And there is all kinds of stuff astrologically going on. I'm no astrology expert. I dabble. I'm okay with the idea of taking 20 years to (laughs) learn astrology because I have so many other interests, but there's so much going on with eclipse season and mercury retrograde and all kinds of stuff. So what's happening is the theme for the month is about deepening our connection with ourself. It's about self-worth and becoming secure in the fact that you are enough. Most people struggle with self-worth at some point in their life, and most people have work to do around knowing they are enough. That's really the reason that folks are feeling a bit wacky-dacky lately. (laughs) This month, 
spirit really is encouraging us to notice the voice in our head. Is your inner critic flared up? The energy is right this month to be the observer of that and to do better for yourself with regard to how you're talking to yourself. It's about being honest about our habits, our daily practices, our inner monologues. And it's really a time to start showing up for ourselves and be our own best friend. This month is also a lot about pleasure. We're noticing our patterns and perhaps noticing the things that aren't serving us well. We're also being called to change course on those things that aren't serving us well and to be easy on ourselves while doing it. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? It's about having grace for ourselves. And this month being about pleasure, indulge in luxury lotions or oils or hair products, indulge in a new outfit, things of the physical. We are in Taurus season, that is an earth sign. So things that make you feel amazing on the outside as you're doing the inner work. Make yourself something delicious or try a new recipe you've always wanted to try or go out to that place to eat that has just delectable food and indulge. Get yourself new plants for the garden or a bouquet for inside if you don't have a garden. Point being, treat yourself. You are magical and you deserve your own love. That is the energy for May that we are experiencing as I speak. So thank you for keeping me on my toes, listeners. I've had a few reach out and say how much they are looking forward to the last of the element episodes. The spirit of water. Hello. There is no more loved element, I feel. <laughs> I've done polls a few times. I feel like it's most people's favorite. Water always comes out on top. And I feel like that's a, a feminine energy thing. And we'll get to that. Certainly water has been one of my greatest teachers. That's speaking of the personality traits that go along with water, but also real water as in the ocean, lakes, all that. I've learned a great deal from both. Once I was playing in the waves on the north part of Oahu, and that was a real time lesson of how powerful water is. I was really tossed around. I was thrown down to the bottom of the seafloor. <laughs> I was um, not respecting the power of the ocean, I guess. I was still having fun, but I got checked. <laughs> I got checked by Mother Nature. And I'll never forget that because up until then, I really, uh, maybe intellectually, I knew that water is powerful. I was always told that. I always had, you know, safety around water. I was always a swimmer and things like that. But I think that was the, the day that, I really got it. Water can be incredibly intense. And when it comes to all of the elements, there are certain traits associated with each one. I've talked about them in the last three element episodes, air, earth, and fire. We've gone over those elements. Each element brings their own vibe. If you are interested, go back and listen to some of those episodes. Spirit of blank, air, earth, water, fire, now water. People can embody a balance of two to four elements, and there also are some who really lean into one element. Regardless, we can always call on another element and take on the traits of it. So even if just temporarily you need something else, you can bring that in and embody it. There are certain people who are purely water types, 
I can spot them. I feel like I've learned that energy very well through the years. I've made many, many water friends. And um, it's probably the last element that I really got a handle on. Hey, maybe that's why I saved it to last. So when it comes to water types, they are articulate, clever, introspective, and seeking understanding. Different than seeking knowledge as air types are, seeking understanding because it's more about relationships to self, relationships to others when we're talking about water. And they're usually self-contained, self-sufficient. Of course, there's always duality within personality types. And for water, the other side is being hypercritical, scrutinizing. Water people can take on either the still, gentle nature of water, silent, tranquil, peaceful, think koi pond with lily pads, or they can take on flowing, forceful nature of water, like being active, aggressive, restless, impatient, and busy. Think 40-foot waves and ocean swells. But in general, water represents intelligence and wisdom, softness and flexibility, whilst also symbolizing the traditions of birth and death and more feminine or yin energy. As ancient Eastern wisdom teaches, water is linked to the sacral chakra, the second chakra located just in the lower belly area below the belly button. And it represents fluidity, femininity, sensuality, joy, and the ability to go with the flow, as well as freedom and the power of creativity. Every time we connect to water, we raise its energy within us. And we also enhance these qualities in our mind and body. That's why water can feel so healing, especially to those who hold more divine feminine energy. The sacral chakra is connected to the hips, lower belly, lower back, genitals. Its color is orange. When this chakra is in balance, the person has the ability to nurture self and others, ability to change, have healthy boundaries, let in pleasure, be able to connect with feelings and be creative. Some keywords to describe what it looks like when this chakra is not in balance, frigid, rigid, poor social skills, resistance to change, lack of desire, suppressed emotions, low back pain, fatigue, issues with blood and other bodily fluids. Those are all signs of wounded feminine energy as well. Someday I'll have a guest on to talk about masculine feminine energies. That is kind of showing up for me right now as I talk. <laughs> like, yeah, we need, we need an expert about that topic for sure. Now, water in relation to other elements. Okay, so water and earth are the most compatible in my opinion. Water irrigates earth. Think lush green fields, beautiful meadows. However, if the water type is too impatient with the slowness of earth or feeling dominating over them, it can flood and erode earth, taking it over, making its presence overbearing. But when it's right, this pairing with water and earth, oh, stunning. Such a beautiful combination. 
I get to see it in my daily life with my sons and my husband. It's really beautiful. Water is a pool of endless possibilities, and it's almost impossible to find direction in it if there's no contact with fire. The element of fire burns bright as a guiding light and gives people energy, passion, and direction where their talents can be found and properly used for creation. So the water element has a lot of creative energy, but the direction can be found from fire. The element of water standing alone simply carries us from shore to shore, from left to right. And even though that can be magical and dreamy, we could simply be spinning in circles without really finding a way out. So if you are a water person through and through and can get lost in the soup sometimes, call on fire to help you out. It can be as simple as visualizing fire during meditation, asking the universe for fire's gift of inspired action, or enjoy an actual fire. Contained, of course. (laughs) Watching the flames dance in front of you while holding the intention of allowing the essence into your heart. That can be really powerful. So sometimes extremely watery people can kind of just swirl around and they just need that flicker of light to help guide them out of the swirl. But sometimes the swirl is okay to be in. When it comes to astrology, Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio. Of course, with astrology, it's important to keep in mind that if, for example, you're Scorpio, that doesn't necessarily mean that you lean into water personality the natal charts are very in-depth and it's possible to be dominant in another element even if your sun sign is in water for example my husband is a scorpio but has a ton of earth qualities and is more earthy than watery and so as it turns out his chart is full of earth placements Uh, and in fact the sun being in in a water sign. Scorpio is his only water placement in his chart. If you haven't checked out your own chart, it is a real rabbit hole. Make sure that you have the time or the headspace to be able to take that on. But it is such a good tool to learn yourself, to learn your loved ones. And even if you're not like looking to have knowledge of astrology to give to other people, for yourself... Honestly, it's one of the best things I've ever done is really start to study my own chart. Astro.com, astro, A-S-T-R-O.com is where you can get your free chart. And so you'll see all your placements, what element you're more dominant in, if not balanced, if not missing one or whatever it is. It's all so interesting and you can save that chart and kind of learn how to read it. For me, I'm okay. Like I said, I'm okay with learning over a long period of time. Some people really need to dive in as soon as they start. And I'm sure a lot of you listeners are really into astrology. For just the casual uh, learning, if you even just look at what elements you have, that speaks volumes. Okay. In numerology, numerology is a little bit different. Well, it's definitely different than astrology where the numbers can take on other elements as well, depending on the rest of the chart. But water generally corresponds to vibrations 2, 7, and 22. 
seven is so watery. Of course, two and 22 are 22 less so. Um, and sometimes one and eight, if those people are devoted to managing so it can, it can get kind of convoluted with regard to elements in numerology. But if you like to know about your numbers, I do numerology readings by email. Send me a DM on Instagram or an email if you're interested in that. In tarot, water is represented by the suit of cups. This suit mainly deals with emotions, relationships, human connections, and how we feel. So you can see why cups represents water. Now, I want to just talk a little bit about divination and water. Water is used in so many different ways, and I'll just touch on a few. Hydromancy is an ancient Greek word for water divination. That's exactly what it means. And there are many ways people have used this, including observing the color, the ebb and flow, or ripples produced by a pebble dropped in a pool. This goes way, way back. So people would put a pebble in and, and kind of read the ripples and read the water in various different ways. There are theories that the reason fountains became so popular in Europe, just look at pictures of Italy, you'll see fountains everywhere. So from Roman times, they were doing this hydromancy and all throughout Europe, really. And the theories are that there are these these fountains all over because they were predicting the outcomes of conflicts and really using water as a way of psychic communication. So really fascinating. I love thinking about that and the history of how people use divination. There's another thing called water dousing. So this goes way back. So far that there's ancient Egyptians portrayed uh, water dousing and this is when there's a forked stick called a dowsing rod. Sometimes people have two rods, but usually it's like a forked stick and it's held by someone looking for underground water. It can be used for other things too. Some, some people use it to find say crystals or, or things like that, but mainly they use it for water. And the thinking is that when they walk with the rod over a spot where there's water underneath, the rod turns downward. So that indicates, oh, there's water here. Pretty cool stuff. This has been used in many cultures worldwide. Like it isn't specific to one culture at all. And water is imperative to life. So no surprise when people have come up with methods to find it. And this method has also been called water witching. <laughs> I love that name. And that is uh, when it was in the Americas that it was given that name, I believe. So really cool stuff. And that brings me to a really practical tip in which I use water, uh, and that's for grounding. Yes, water can be grounding. It is the closest element to earth and not as fast as air and fire. Grounding using the earth element isn't always as easily accessible, you know, if you're in a pinch. So I do lean on water at times. You can also use grounding with earth quickly by like wearing crystals on your body so that you don't even have to think about it. You just, for example, tuck it in your bra or whatever, whatever you want to do, use it in your pockets. But when we don't have that ability or, or have thought that through at the beginning of the day or whatever, say you're at a party or a gathering or an event or meeting people, 
and you find yourself needing grounding, go to the bathroom or the kitchen, run water over, over your hands. You don't even have to wash them. Run water over your hands. Hold the intention that the water is a tool to ground your energy. If you have a salt scrub, that's even better. Salt and water is a powerful grounding combo, extremely powerful. Maybe more so than just earth or just water, but this doesn't have to be done with salt. It can be just water and it's, it can be quick. You know, you don't, nobody even has to know. <laughs> there are lots of ways to ground with water, but I like this because I can become ungrounded quite quickly, especially when I'm in the company of others. So I've literally been at a friend's house for a party or a gathering and, and gone to the bathroom and just taken a minute, run that water over my hands and you can watch it to get the visual of the water dripping Make sure there's the intention there. Try it. It works. Speaking of water and salt, that whole combo is incredible. Have you ever been for a float? Please tell me about it if you have. I want to hear about it. And I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I want to hear about it. I try to talk to as many people as I can who float. It's not super common, but it is amazing. What I'm talking about, for those who don't know, it's a float tank. So it's sensory deprivation. It's like a, a tank. Well, there's many different ways that it's done. But I go to a business called Float House and it's a tank. Not very big. Some people worry about claustrophobia. claustrophobia. I always encourage them to try it anyway. You are safe. You can get out of there. You can leave the door open if you want, or you can leave a pool noodle in there. It is sensory deprivation. Blackness, water, the temperature of your skin, no sound, and hundreds of pounds of salt. <laughs> I don't know if that's accurate. However many pounds of salt. Lots of Epsom salt, which is with magnesium. Oh my goodness. It's true bliss. I have an appointment booked for next week and I it's been a long time for me. So you can probably sense the longing in my tone right now. Oh, I'm just craving it so bad. It doesn't have to be sensory deprivation. You can have music. You can have a meditation. You can have whatever you want. I actually do usually start out with about 20 minutes of some kind of sound, whether it's nature or um, a guided meditation or sometimes I just like the meditative music that's a voice, like a floating type voice. Anyway, after 20 minutes, it goes totally silent for me. Some people play sound the whole time. For me, I get transported without the sound. The first time I ever had the experience of a float tank. Oh, I could just hug my husband thinking of this. He, he's so awesome. He's such a good gift giver. I guess he knew I wanted to try it. I don't know if I said it in passing or what, but one of my birthdays, I'd say this is like five years ago, maybe-ish, four to five years ago, he took me out for a surprise, didn't tell me, had my little bag packed for me with my hairbrush and everything and, and um, dropped me off at this float, float house and I was just thrilled. And not knowing what to expect, not knowing anything, never having experienced it, I was blown away. I, I still remember that experience like it was yesterday. I was transported. I was everything and nothing. 
I was seeing light shows in my mind's eye, neon lights, um, getting cosmic universal truth wisdom downloads. It was really unforgettable. I, I was on a high for literally weeks, literally weeks. Maybe I've even talked about it on the podcast. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting bad at tracking what I'm talking about. I don't know how many episodes we're even in on this. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm not good with details like that. <laughs> um, but the water in the tank, I swear, is a conduit. It's not that we couldn't get these types of experiences without the blackness, without the the water, without the sensory deprivation, the no sound, but they certainly help. And the water, I feel like, allows me to surrender deeper into the experience as my body is held by it because you float because that's what the salt does. Uh, it makes you float. So your face is never going to go under. You just lay there. It's really amazing. I've had many, many floats and I'm always grateful for that feeling of being suspended and held by the water. The water earth element combo is really just magic. It's both grounding and expanding at the same time. I encourage anybody to try that. If it's not your thing, that's totally cool. I get it. I have friends who I've been raving about it too, and they go there and they're like, hell to the no. <laughs> I couldn't sit still or I couldn't do this or that or this or that. I think it does help that I've been a meditator for pretty much my whole life. And I get confirmation as I say that. I just got a little ear ringing and a little uh, goosebumps, spirit bumps. It can really facilitate a deep, deep meditations. I've even had visitations from loved ones in spirit. I've had just incredible experiences. Try it out, guys. Okay, I can't do a spirit of water episode without mentioning that water is very much uh, tied to intuition. Very watery types are often the most intuitive people out there. No lie. So I pulled a card not randomly, but I pulled a card specifically to wrap up this water episode because I feel like it's a lovely message and it is very relevant to this topic. So the Queen of Cups in Tarot is such an amazing card. And I'll read from the book, The Lightseer's Tarot by Chris Ann. The Queen of Cups is one of the most intuitive characters of the tarot. Floating in her dreamlike state of spiritual connection, she asks you how well your emotions have been serving you lately and reminds you that you have the ability to connect on a much deeper level. Feel and accept your emotional intuition. Listen closely as a way to understand what is truly going on and ensure that other people feel heard when you communicate with them. Devote time to their emotional cues and see the divine beauty in all of life's experiences. It takes both sun and shadow to make the ocean floor sparkle. In shadow, this card can indicate that you are out of touch with your emotions or that you're suppressing your feelings while refusing to see the obvious. 
If you feel any insecurities around openly connecting with others, grow into a better partner by vulnerably sharing your own tender heart. And a mantra that goes with this Queen of Cups card is, my intuitive heart openly expresses deep love. Oh, I feel like that does go along with the energy that we're feeling right now of being highly attuned to emotional intelligence. What I talked about at the beginning, and I didn't even make this connection till right now, is that we are really looking at what doesn't serve us with regard to how we're treating ourselves and how we're talking to ourselves and others. And it's about love and compassion and sensitivity, this card and empathy and leading with our heart and it's about healing so i thought that was a really good card to pull my intuition just said that and then as i read that message in the book holy heck was it ever i hope you're having an excellent day check out the soul tribe group on facebook check out my page on instagram if you have questions for two lovely mediums who are coming on send me a message i will love to ask them your question. And that's it for today, friends. Until we meet again. 